Welcome, you have found Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And this is our gift to you in this season, an invitation to four weeks of winter reflections. Because while creation experiences winter, spring, summer, and fall, so do our souls. So come and sit with us for a few stories and readings that we have chosen to give you time to process this season as we prepare for the new year. The episodes are a little shorter, the space a little quieter, but we hope these words, brief as they are, resonate with you this December as much as they have with us. Get comfy, friends. Here we go. Welcome to week two of the Winter Reflections here on Out of the Ordinary. We invite you to just quiet your soul, even if the space around you doesn't feel quiet today, and enter into this time of reflecting on the season of winter that doesn't have to look like all sparkles and tinsel, but is a place where we also celebrate the barren branches and the dry, hard dirt and the bulbs that are planted underneath. My first reading today is a poem by the poet Drew Jackson out of Chicago. And this is a poem called Nazareth, based on the verse from Luke chapter 1, verse 26. For context, you should just know that Christy and I both lived on the south side of Chicago, where we met at a church over 20 years ago. So Drew speaks to that part of my memory, Christy, that holds you and John in those days in Hyde Park so fondly. Nazareth, Luke 1, 26. South Central Galilee, God comes to the south side. Selah, not to gentrify, not to church plant, but to plant the seed of righteous revolution. Salvation is from the south side, not from those from the outside. Selah. Lisa Joe, I am going to read a fairy tale. <laughs> our listeners know that we love our fairy tales. So settle in. I have a fairy tale called The Search for the Secret King. This is by Eberhard Kuras. Not so very long ago, there was a country which was the biggest in the world, for it had conquered nearly all the other countries. It had become not only very famous, but also very rich, and its inhabitants had to admit that there was scarcely anything to mar their good fortune. One day, a very strange illness broke out in that country. At first, it attacked only a few people, then more and more people were affected, until finally it became an epidemic. The symptoms were a curious kind of paralysis. People who succumbed to it could no longer move. Soon they could not speak, and finally they could not think. The inhabitants were deeply perplexed because the evil had come upon them in the time of their greatest prosperity. 
As the illness spread and took hold of the most important people, the king finally called his counselors together and consulted with them what was to be done in this predicament. But the counselors could think of nothing beyond what the doctors had already tried. In the end, they proposed to the king that he should send out a proclamation throughout the kingdom that if anyone knew what should be done, he should present himself immediately. The king did this, and after a time, a very old shepherd appeared at the palace. He gave the king unexpected advice. He said, In this extremity, only one thing can help you. Send your daughter to the secret king, and he will give you what you need. The king did not like what he was told at all. He just did not want to send his very own daughter, all by herself, out into the world to an unknown king, especially to one who was also a secret king. But when he became ill himself, he decided, after all, to follow the shepherd's advice. So the young princess went out to look for the secret king. She did not know where he lived, nor did she know the way. But she was filled with the ardent desire to find him and to help the people. She wandered on from morning till night and had still not found him. And as she had not achieved anything by the end of the day, she resolved not to seek lodging for the night, but to remain in the open lest she should miss seeing a sign. So she climbed to the top of a hill and stayed there all night. She now saw that an endless sky of deepest blue formed a vault above her. Never had she seen the sky like that. She gazed at it steadfastly for a long time and gave herself up to the exalted vision. She felt herself growing freer and greater, and she felt that she could understand many mysteries of the world. Then she fell fast asleep. When she awoke next morning, she noticed to her astonishment that she was wrapped in a wonderful dark blue cloak. She arose and went on her way. She met many people who needed her help, some of them cursing her. The king's daughter did everything required without complaining or growing angry. Then she was approached by a woman who had hardly any clothing on and who begged her for something warm to wear. The king's daughter gave the woman her own clothes, for she still had her blue cloak, However, when she looked down, she saw that she was wearing a new robe that was shining in the most beautiful red. As she went on the following day, she encountered many obstacles. The paths became harder and harder, and her strength began to fail. Only her determination remained steadfastly fixed on her goal. She came to an upland meadow with magnificent leafy trees bearing glistening fruit, Exhausted, she sat down under the largest tree, but as she was sitting there thinking, if only my strength could match my determination, the huge tree began to shake and shake, and two lovely warm golden shoes fell down. When the king's daughter put on the shoes, she felt her limbs flowing with a strength such as she had never felt before. Then she was able to go on. On the fourth day, the path descended and gradually led 
into the inside of the earth. First, she was surrounded by terrifying darkness. Then it became lighter and lighter, and at last she was bathed in an indescribably soft light. It seemed to her that she had come into the very heart of the earth. In the middle of the space stood a throne, and on it sat a youthful king shining like a gentle sun. Round him stood the spirits of nature, the leaders of mankind, and the highest of the angels. The king's daughter knew now that she had reached the end of her journey. The king on the throne looked at the maiden and saw what she was wearing, the blue cloak, the red robe, and the golden shoes. He now spoke to her, I see that you are worthy to receive the healing gift and bring it to mankind. And he gave her a golden bowl filled with sparkling water and bade her drink. Then he told her to take it to the people and to tell them about the secret king. Whoever believed her would be allowed to drink and would be cured of the illness. The king's daughter took the bowl and journeyed back into the land of men. When she told the people about whom she had met, most of them did not believe that there was a secret king. But the others did believe, drank from the golden bowl, and were cured of their mysterious illness. In this way, many have received new life. Many more will come too when they open their hearts to the tidings that there is a secret king who guards and bestows the water of life. He dwells amongst us and waits. The final reading today, friends, is again from the poet Drew Jackson and his collection of poems called God Speaks Through Wombs, poems on God's unexpected coming. This one is called Follow Me, and it's based on the verse from Luke 5, verses 27 to 28. Turn and leave your life behind. More beautiful words have never been spoken. My passage through seconds, minutes, and hours could hardly be called life. Enticing, those words waft toward me like smells from mom's kitchen. They drift toward me supremely, like the love from Coltrane's saxophone. I realize that those words, follow me, are just an invitation back home. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope you feel at home on the podcast.